is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. And it's Tuesday, and it's the Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're an iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. Monica Ray, our Big J journalist. So good to have you in here on a Tuesday. Uh, plenty of stuff to go over today. Speedy Petey coming on at 1230. I'm going to give you my top 10 teams in the NFL after week three. That's coming up at noon. I do want to start with this. The Bears, Da Bears, rolled the Redskins last night in Washington. Thirty-one to fifteen, and Mitch Trubisky threw three touchdowns, all to Taylor Gabriel. I was so close to my bold prediction yesterday of three hundred yards and three touchdowns. He had the three touchdowns, and he fell like seventy yards short. I was so mad, and he had like 170 yards at half. I'm like, half. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna be right. This is gonna be incredible. But then the Bears' offense kind of struggled a bit to start the second half, and then mm-hmm. Washington started mounting a little bit of a comeback. Right, and then the Chicago, the uh, Chicago, for the entire second half, just decided to run the ball entirely. Well, you knew they would. I mean, they're up 20 to three. Your defense is your defense is just dominant. At that yeah, point but whatever. Like, okay, no, I whatever. needed my bold prediction. <laughs> okay, I don't care about game plan. <laughs> Let me throw the damn ball. How about that? That's what I want. Punishment from. A team that is known as Stubbers. Stubbers. That's great. I love All right. that. But yesterday I talked a lot about quarterbacks that are heavily criticized. Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. You can add Mitch Trubisky to that list. Actually, you can go ahead and put him on top of that list. He'll get butchered for his whole career based on circumstance alone. Have you realized that? Think about this. He got drafted before, in the same draft, got drafted before Patrick Mahomes and before Deshaun Watson, who are both top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. And Mitch, quite frankly, hasn't gotten there yet. So for that alone, he'll always get flack for it. He'll always get flack for it. But we crush Mitch all the time for his talent. Not a lot of people see it. You know, he doesn't have the arm like Mahomes, the mobility like Watson. He doesn't have the poise in the pocket like Brady or, or any of those big guys. Mitch doesn't have a defining quality that you can take to the bank and cash in. But the Bears, this is my point here, the Bears don't need him to be. I'm watching the game last night and I'm thinking, uh, okay, the Bears can work with this. These are the kinds of games you can build off of. Think about what Mitch can do. He can escape pressure. He can throw short and intermediate routes accurately. He can run an offense. He can lead. Okay? I'm not overly bothered by his lack of arm strength. Let me pose the question. Is it possible that we expected more of Mitch... Because he was drafted before Mahomes and Watson. I want to answer that question quickly. Yeah, definitely. Patrick Mahomes, MVP. Deshaun Watson, top 10 quarterback. 
Mitch Trubisky was drafted before both of those guys. You're damn right people are going to have expectations. Oh, yeah. That is a definite, definite yes. Keep in mind, Trubisky is as fresh as they get at quarterback. He started one season at North Carolina. He played for North Carolina. North Carolina's most famous product is Michael Jordan. It isn't necessarily a football school. Okay. He's raw. He's a baby. Okay, we, th- we thought the same thing about Dak, Goff, Lamar, Josh Allen. We thought the same about those guys. He's in good hands now. Keep in mind, he's got weapons. He's, a good, he's got a good run, uh, young running back that I really, really like. I think David Montgomery is going to be really good. A brilliant offensive head coach in Matt Nagy. And one of the top five defenses in football. And he's got weapons all around. He's got Tariq Cohen, a good pass, a catching option. He, uh, Taylor Gabriel. Not right. Who's that's my, that's my point. He's got Allen Robinson, nice Taylor catcher. Gabriel, a nice young receiver in Anthony Miller. He's Trey, got Cohen. He's got Montgomery. Trey Burton. Trey Burton. Adam Shaheen. He's, he has weapons. Okay. Now, I would say he could probably use a tackle or two, but he does have the weapons to succeed. He's, Mitch Trubisky's in a good situation. He went to the playoffs last year. He's 17 and 12 as a starting quarterback. Okay, I don't need Mitch to make wow plays for me. I don't need him to do that. Mitch can go in there and manage the game, control the clock, make the occasional big play, and I'm cool with that. Okay, you look at some of these quarterbacks that are winning games in the NFL. Jared Goff is not outrageously talented. He doesn't necessarily move well. He's not an escape guy, okay? But the guy throws the ball accurately, and he does make those exact... He makes those throws when needed. You remember last week? Mitch made that throw. Down the center of the field, it was a seam. Right to Allen Robinson. Set up the game-winning field goal. Think about that for a minute. Okay, Dak is not overwhelmingly talented. He's got a weird throwing motion, his arm strength is not great, okay, a fourth-round draft pick. He doesn't have first-round draft pick talent, but Mitch does. Mitch has some relative arm talent, okay? He isn't Mahomes. He isn't Watson. I'm not saying that he is. And people are going to go out there and say, the Bears made a mistake with Mitch. No, they didn't. They went 11-3 and last year with him as a starter. The guy completes 64% of his passes. He's thrown 34 touchdowns and 21 picks. Where's the problem? Am I missing something? We're all going to criticize Mitch because he's not uber-talented. But you watched the game last night. They put up 31 points against, uh, quite frankly, a Redskins defense that is decent. They have secondary. They have a pass rush. Offensively, the Redskins are hurting, but defensively, they they actually are a decent football team on that side of the fo- on that side of the field. He puts up thirty one points against. A, I don't need him to be a star. What I need him to be is I need him to not kill me. Don't turn the ball over. Okay, no, don't fumble. Don't throw stupid picks. Make good decisions. Manage the clock. Get the ball to your receivers. Make the right reads. Mitch is capable of doing that. 
You don't think with a smart offensive mind like Matt Nagy, keep in mind, that Bears offense last year, we were all buying into Mitch last year because Matt Nagy's offense looked good. It looked really good. They were running the ball well. They had a bunch of receivers. It was really creative and all that. I was in love with it. Matt Nagy to me is a top 10 coach in the NFL. I'm okay with Mitch not having Mahomes' arm strength. I'm okay with Mitch not having Deshaun Watson or Cam Newton's mobility or Russell Wilson's mobility. I don't need him to be that. I don't need him to be a star. What I need him to be is reliable. I need him to not turn the ball over. I need him to be manageable. Make the play when needed. And we've seen it time and time again over the past two seasons. He's able to make the play when needed. I think also a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of credit has to go also to Matt Nagy because week one he got criticized a lot for a very pass-heavy offensive game plan. These last two weeks he's run the ball, 20, he's run the ball over 25 times. Right. Against, against Having Denver, balance in your offense is good. But uh, look at what Mitch did what last are. night against Washington. L- l- look at what Mitch did last night. 25 of 31 for three touchdowns. He threw one interception. He completed 80% of his passes. 80. Okay. uh, Bad quarterbacks don't complete 80% of their passes. They don't do it. Okay. Mitch is complete. We all talk about how Mitch doesn't have this and Trubisky doesn't have this and all of this stuff. This is what we're seeing from Mitch. I don't need him because of this defense, that offensive coach, those weapons, those running backs. I'm okay with Mitch being an okay quarterback. As long as he doesn't kill me, I can win football games. Okay, I don't need my quarterback to be a superstar. I need him to be good, and that's what Mitch is. Mitch is good. And the Bears, if you watched it last night, can work with Mitch. They can work with him. So don't panic on the Bears saying, oh, they got to move on for Trubisky. They don't trust him. The, threw the ball 31 times last night. Completed 25 of them. That's trust. They'll be fine. All right. <sighs> Plenty of stuff to go over today. Uh, coming up next, this quarterback is a perfect example of why we shouldn't get tied to thinking a player is great after one season. I'll tell you who that is next. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Monica. Uh, plenty of stuff to go over today. Uh, reports came out yesterday that... Uh, and it was actually it was yesterday and this morning that Cam Newton's injury uh, looks to be a pretty serious thing. He's already been ruled out for week four against Houston, uh, and Kyle Allen will remain the starter. If you didn't notice, Kyle Allen looked exceptional <laughs> against, against the Cardinals on the road. Uh, Panthers offense put up 38, 38 points. It was a high-flying, it was fast, it, it looked like a modern NFL high-powered offense with Kyle Allen. 
And this is where all of the Cam Newton cut lovers come out and they'll say, Cam's better and we was playing injured. Uh, has he been injured the past eight games dating back to last year? Because um, he lost all of them. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He lost all of them. His last eight starts, they all are L's. He hasn't won a road game in two years. Can we get quit getting tied to quarterbacks after they've had one great season? Cam got drafted in this league in 2011, and he's had a total of one good year in his career. One. He has a negative record on his career. You realize this, right? I, I mean, Cam Newton looks a lot more like Marcus Mariota these days. We keep making excuses for him. We keep making excuses for him. He's got more losing seasons than he does regular uh, than he does winning seasons. He had a twelve and four year. He had a fifteen and one year. And he had an eleven and five year. But other than that, six and ten, seven and nine, five eight and one, six and eight, six and eight. Uh, where are we sitting now? Zero oh and two. Where are we falling in love with Cam Newton? I don't get it. You know, it's always it's the offensive line and it's the wide receivers and he's been he's been the offense forever. No running game, bad coaching, whatever it is. No offensive coordinator that they invested in the O-line. They brought in Christian McCaffrey. Okay? They brought in DJ uh DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Aren't you getting the idea that Cam Newton is the issue here in Carolina for the past few years since they've gone to the Super Bowl? Aren't you going to getting that idea? Cam has completed over 60% of his passes twice in his career. Twice. And he's been in the league for nine years. This is a precision passing league. If you can't be accurate, you're going to struggle. I find it amazing, and I really do find this amazing, how we criticize quarterbacks that win but don't have, like, the, the immense talent, right? We, we, we criticize the guy that they're not Mahomes or, or, or Russell Wilson. That we criticize those guys. We, we criticize the, the Dax, the... the uh, uh, the Jared Goffs, I keep using the same guys as an example, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. We, we keep, we go over, we, we bash those guys like crazy because, because they don't have the first impression, first round, crazy arm, you could see it from the beginning, talent. They don't have that. They had to get developed. <laughs> they need help. But you realize that the guys that, uh, we, you know, we never, we, Praise the quarterbacks that are really talented, but they can't get over the hump, right? We praise the the uh, the the Baker Mayfields. We praise Cam Newton, number two overall pick. We praised Marcus Mariota. We, all those guys, we love those guys. <laughs> can't move on from those guys. Listen, he's Cam Newton definitely better than Dak. Baker Mayfield definitely better than Dak. Okay. Here's the difference. I'm looking at them like, and I'm like, 
what do you see that you like about them so much? It seems like they're always behind. But the guys we don't like are Dak and Goff and Josh Allen and, and Trubisky and those guys. Okay, well, three of those, take those guys, for example. Three of those four are first-round picks. Not only first-round picks, early first-round picks. Josh Allen was, what, number 10 overall, 7 in 2018? 7. Goff Allen was, was 7. Goff but was we, 7. Goff but there was, was always, there was always a thing. Uh, Goff was, was Goff was, he only hit open receivers in, in college. He didn't know how to tight, throw through tight windows. Dak with the arm strength. Trubisky, a one-year starter in North Carolina. He's not these guys. It, but I do we, think always, we always see that. So teams, let's obviously felt, teams obviously felt that they were worth taking. Yeah, the top their, their, top three. their teams did. So here's my, here's my thing, though. So we look at these guys, and let's, let's take the guys that I'm, that I'm using a, 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 as an example here. Dak, Goff, Josh Allen, Trubisky. Those four guys, the guys that we criticize all the time, not, they're not accurate. They, they need help. They're all of this stuff. Okay, my guys are a combined 11-1 this year. They're 11-1. Okay, your guys, Cam, Baker, and Mariota this year are combined 2-8. They're 2-8. Oh, but they're talented. Where are the W's? Where are the wins? Cam's got weapons. He's got McCaffrey. He's got DJ Moore. He's got Greg Olson. He's got Curtis Samuel. What is the excuse for Cam Newton? Kyle Allen made it work. Cam couldn't. Where is it with Baker Mayfield? He's got Odell and Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry. He's not winning football games. Why? Why are we so in love with quarterbacks that don't win? I don't understand, okay? You'll criticize the guys that need help. Uh, well, maybe if Cam or Baker had some help, maybe they would win more. Uh, wait, oh wait, they, they do have the help, and, and, and they don't win more. Donald hasn't won yet. Do we, should we? Th- I mean, since we're putting Baker Mayfield in there after a year and a half, a year, almost, not even two years now, should we put Donald in there? No, no. I mean, he hasn't won yet. D- You're right. He yeah, hasn't won I'm, yet. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put. put but him I in didn't there. put Donald on that list of guys that I love. But I guess now probably- I have more faith in Donald because I like who he is. But think about it for a minute. Uh, uh, for Donald, you can actually make the excuse. Okay, he's. What has he got? I mean, it was this year he got Le'Veon Bell. He's had Le'Veon Bell for two weeks. Or I, I, I shouldn't say that. Week. A week and a half. A week and a half he's had Le'Veon Bell. I mean, listen, I, I'm not saying don't give guys time. What I'm saying is, why are we in love with guys that don't win? I'm not in love with Sam Darnold. I like him. I don't, I'm not in love with him, though. I'm not even saying I don't like Baker Mayfield. I like him. But I'm not in love with him. Okay, I'm dating Baker Mayfield. I'm dating Sam Darnold. I'm not marrying them yet. Okay, Is people seem to have married Cam Newton. We've, they've married Cam Newton. He's gone to a Super Bowl. and He's an MVP. And, okay, but look at what Cam has done in the nine years he's been in the league. Okay, he's had three winning seasons in nine years. Three. Carolina's always had a good defense. 
Okay? They've gotten weapons. They've built an offensive line. They've built a running game. Where is the excuse for Cam Newton? There is none. Same thing with Baker. I was saying this yesterday. There are no excuses for these quarterbacks that you love that don't win. Why are we obsessing over them? Can we say that Cam maybe is just a little banged up? I mean, the last... No, if we're for going, how if long, we're going, though? If we're going through... If for we're, how long? If we're going through the timeline, in March of 2017, <clears throat> he had a partially torn rotator cuff on his, on his throwing shoulder. Okay. Last year, last year he missed the final two games. See, last year, we all figured he was hurt and something was up with his shoulder. He ended up missing the last two games of the season in order to heal, and he ended up getting now he underwent getting a right shoulder surgery. And again, we all felt he was might not be able to start the season at that time. Now he's got this list Frank injury. So it, it, the last couple of years now, again, I'm not again. I, I I understand the criticism and the and the when you watch him play, I understand that. But these last couple of years, he's now been banged up with injuries. Shoulder twice now. Now he's got this Liz Frank with the foot injury. And Liz Frank injury is not something that is, is pretty serious. That's something that, not something to play around. Sure. I do think, I do think Cam's, Cam might be banged up. I think Cam, Cam is banged up right now. I think that's, that's the thing. Now we can watch him on the field and say well, what's going on with him, and I understand that completely. With Cam, I, I think he's banged up. I think first personally he's not healthy. He hasn't been healthy the last couple of years. That might be that might be the reason for his struggle. But has he not been healthy for nine? For the last I just said the last three that's, years. But I that's said what, the last three. Now twenty again, twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen, the two years his two two years prior. He had a to terrible year in twenty sixteen. No, he did. But to, and he actually, it's terrible. Actually, actually he suffered a concussion that year too in twenty sixteen. Missed the rest of the uh, missed the rest of the game and he missed the next game against Tampa Bay with that concussion in twenty sixteen. Right. But he was complete in that season he was completing fifty three percent of his throws. What I'm trying to get at is banged up or not, where are where where am I seeing something that I could be like that's our guy? I don't see that. I don't see the obsession with Cam Newton. He isn't accurate. He's a liability on offense. He's never healthy. Okay? I don't see the infatuation with Baker Mayfield. He isn't very accurate. He doesn't take advantage of what he has. He's two, uh, what is he? I think he's two and, uh, one and seven or two and six against winning football teams. Well, that's, well, I, I mean, think for, ba- I think that for Baker Mayfield, I think that might be a little stretch because, again, he just started his career. You're not going to win games early in your career against the great teams. Kirk, right. C- Kirk Cousins is fair because he's been in the league for a I while. I do think it's, I think it's fair. I think it's fair to say that I could give Baker some more time. I am going to give Baker some more time. I'm not telling you he's going to be bad. No, I'm not telling you replace him tomorrow. What I'm telling you is, is that if it's crazy for me to tear him down and tell him that, tell you that he's terrible, it's exactly the same amount of crazy for you to tell me that he's a top young quarterback because I haven't seen that. Why are we giving guys that don't win so much praise? Because we crown quarterbacks way too early. And be Pat Mahomes. There you go. Pat that, Mahomes. That okay, feeds. Pat, in, that feeds Pat, my point too. Pat Mahomes is a is really really good. No one's denying he's phenomenal. Really good. Yeah. I'm watching Max Kellerman yesterday. Uh, well, I actually didn't watch, but my brother sent me the text on. Sent me this text. You got Max Kellerman calling Pat Mahomes a guy who has surpassed Breeze, Brady, and Rogers after yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. Mike, you even said Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback you've ever seen. He's uh, right. He right. Patrick Mahomes is, I think. And it's going to sound like a cop-out, but it's not. Because I feel like most people would feel this way. Patrick Mahomes is... Patrick Mahomes looks like he's the exception to the rule. He's incredibly talented. He's got so much talent. 
He's uh, seriously. This is a guy that is so. Uh, this might be the most talented quarterback we've ever seen ever. Patrick Mahomes. No one's saying he's not. We've talented. never seen arm strength like this. We've never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes before. He's incredibly okay? good. And but, he's but Patrick Mahomes at the same time is also in a perfect situation. He's got Andy Reid. He's got a running game. He's got a ton of receivers. I mean, he's got the best tight end in football. That. Patrick Mahomes is in the perfect situation. I mean, we crowned Eli. Perfect. I mean, a lot of people crowned Eli Manning a bust after his first two or three years in the league because, I mean, there were Giants fans ready to run him out of town. Sure. That he won Super Bowl. Evan, you're missing my point. I'm not telling you that Baker's a bust. What I'm telling you is don't crown him. What What I'm telling you is where am I seeing all of this potential from Baker? I don't see it. I'm not telling you he's going to be bad, but all of this, he's the next young great one, I don't see that. I don't see the, I don't see that correlation. I just don't. What I do see is, I see a guy that's got weapons, but doesn't use them correctly. I see a guy that was overhyped, and he's not, he doesn't live up to it. That's the guy I've seen. I see a guy who's cocky, who shouldn't be. That's who I see. And for Cam, I see a guy who in nine years in the NFL has had one really great season, and after that, he really hasn't improved as a player at all. He hasn't. This is a guy that hasn't. uh, He's thrown for over 60% of his passes twice in his career. One of them was last year. Twice. One of them was last year, and the other one was the year before his MVP year. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't. It was 2013. So two years before his MVP year, he completed 61 and a half. He's not an accurate thrower. And this is the point I made about Cam and, B- and running quarterbacks and everything like that. Running quarterbacks that simply run and don't precisely throw the football work for a year or two. And that is what happened with Cam. Cam worked for about a year, and that's about it. And other than that, he's been a middle-of-the-road, unhealthy Whatever type quarterback. If we're talking about Carolina, win- can't get over the hump. If we're talking about winning, we 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 bringing up the winning when it comes to quarterbacks. And I brought up yesterday that quarter wins and losses with quarterback statistics is kind of hard to make. Cam, you're before, right. It Cam is before Cam before these last two years. Now these last two years made the playoffs four times out of six years, including that Super Bowl. Including that Super Bowl. I'm just that's I'm just going to bring that up. Cam did make the playoffs four of six years prior. You know, and one of them was the Super Bowl run and his MVP run. <clears throat> Dak is Dak Prescott. That's interesting, because Dak was a guy we crowned early too. After his rookie season, he was we crowned a lot of people crowned. Yeah, him but people were really quick to tear that down. That was the following year, right? That was the following year. It's Wentz the offensive had, line. Wentz, it's Zeke. It's, that was the following year. Wentz yeah. had the and plus Wentz had the MVP year, and all of a sudden it was wow, who the heck would take Carson Wentz over Dak? I mean, Dak over Carson Wentz. And then the first half of last year, the struggles continued. They ended up getting Amari Cooper down the stretch. Everything's changed, and everything's been different right. since for Dak. I, I, right. I'm not t- – but right. I, I don't think anybody would have taken Dak over Carson Wentz. I don't think that that was ever the case. Carson Wentz, like Mahomes, is a different type of talent, right? Carson Wentz is super, super talented. But people were automatically fourth-round pick, not overly accurate, not crazy strong arm – People were quick to tear down Dak. And if we're going by winning, and again, we're, if we are going by winning, Carson Wentz has not done much winning the last year. The la- last year, and has not done much winning so far this hasn't year. Hasn't been healthy. You're right. And he has, and, but he hasn't been healthy. Right. 
He hasn't been healthy. I don't think Cam's been healthy either these last couple of years. I don't know. Now, it's is been that... three years of, all right, this is the problem, and then this is the problem, and then this is the problem. I want to start seeing Cam consistently produce. It is year after year where it's just like, all right, Cam Newton, great quarterback, Carolina Panthers, watch out for him. And we never get that. We never get it. All right, we got to go to the news. Uh, Monica Ray, our Big J journalist here on a Tuesday. All right, so I just want to point out that I did pick the Bears for Monday night. So did I. And they did win. Yeah, Evan? I don't think Evan did, right? No, I did. I did. You did. did? We all did? I okay. did. Okay. Uh, I think I think I got, I'm gonna put the record. I'm gonna put the records on the board. But I believe Monica and I we're tied for first place. All right. We don't might be a game back. I, no, I think actually it might be a whole tie. We might we might all be tied. Tied all together. I think we all might be tied. I'm gonna have all to right, check. Great. I'm gonna have to make it. So interesting about the Bears, their right tackle Massey uh, didn't play Monday night because he had the vertigo. And, yeah. And uh, I never really knew that the vertigo was was a real thing until I had a friend who got it, and I. I was doing a little research about it, you know, during uh, earlier, and it's really caused by head trauma. So I wonder if this is something that's going to plague him forever. I don't know. I've don't never know. heard of a football player. I mean, player Bobby Massey kind of sucks. Right. Like that's the thing is Bobby Massey's not that good. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, if we're talking about like, if we're talking about like. Head, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, if we're going to see it more? Yeah, vertigo. Because you also had um, the Bears receiver ruled out of the game in the third for a concussion. So he didn't come back. Yeah. I mean, I, I would know. think that, don't uh, don't they have a handle on these concussion situations? And no, the helmets they've been trying to, but they can't get it. So right. it's like... Let so just put the head in giant bubble. I mean, the head shouldn't be hit. Well, yeah, I mean, they tr- they're trying to create rules... That um, they're trying to create rules that tr- that are meant to prevent head-to-head contact. Yeah. Right. It isn't working because it isn't pre- preventing it. You're just penalizing players for doing it. Right. So I just I will be honest. I don't think that it's possible to fix this. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's possible. Okay. Hits to the head are going the, to be part of the game, of the game forever yeah. and ever and ever. You have major athletes running at full speed on every play. Everything is reactionary, but everything is so... All right, in a millisecond, you have to decide which direction you're going. Right. And you can't... You cannot physically do that. You right. can't do it. Right. Okay? If you're going to get hit in the head, you're going to get hit in the head. Yeah. That's just going to be the fact of the matter. So... Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 there isn't a preventive thing. I don't think it exists. Well, speaking of getting hit in the head, Antonio Brown, finally out of the NFL. I don't know if anybody saw the uh, Bill, the interview with Bill Belichick uh, that was posted on Twitter where he was asked by a reporter a question about Antonio Brown, and he basically gave her the, uh, the death stare. Yeah. So I'm sure the Patriots are thrilled. Yeah. She was like, I think I'd be, him. I think I'd be remiss to ask what was the final straw with Antonio Brown, and Bill Belichick said, Oh, we're focusing on the Jets today. And she said, Thank you, Coach. Yeah. And then she, he kind of like looked at her like, Yeah. That's and then walked away. So I just, <clears throat> I'm all right with Bill Belichick not answering questions on Antonio Brown. 
Um, I mean, it's I, over. I think the, I think the stare is a little much. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's like. Yeah. Like, like, did you really ask that for like, real? Again, again, like <laughs> we said last week. You know it's coming, Bill. Right. Come on. You yeah. know it's coming. Don't right. give him a dead stare. Right. Don't walk out of the press conference. You know it's coming. You know they're coming. You do know and it's, it's coming. And it's definitely not over for um, Antonio Brown. He's got another accuser now. They're all Another starting. one? Yeah. Some, some woman who was painting a mural in his home makes some allegations about his um, advances towards her and things he did in her presence. So, And you know what? He can't help himself because he has everything on his on his phone he's tweeted things he's texted things he's posted things i mean somebody needs to take his bad news really is i don't like (laughs) and i don't want to like say all right he did these things he absolutely did them like i'm I'm gonna let due process run its course but at the same time uh, how much stuff do you have to be in yeah before somebody says Enough just, to know. just, 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 just stay away from us. It'll be okay. Great. I'm not into you. I, we're not into it. Okay, I'm not interested in you or anything like that. Yeah. I listen. I have no problem if he never plays in the NFL again. I really don't. Well, it was interesting. Like, what's what's the issue? I mean, I mean, I, I, I I'll say this: if he doesn't play in the NFL again. I would much rather these accusations be true or not, uh, rather than not. Right. Like, I really hope that... I, I It's going to sound terrible. I really hope that these allegations are true. I think... I really do. I think the majority of them probably are going to be, um, because it's just too much, and there's too much background, and he's got too much on his phone that he's texted and to group chats and whatnot. But um, I thought it was interesting, too, that Tom Brady really tiptoed back. Remember how, how he welcomed Antonio Brown in and he hugging him. He had him in his private gym working yeah. out. And now he's like, Antonio who? You know. Yeah. So that's well, he's pushing back. Well, he's got to kind of say he, he has to be like that because he's saying, well, all right, I, I, I let this guy into my man, home. Right? Yeah. I let this guy into my home with right. my kids and my wife yeah, yeah. and my everything. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's... That was poor judgment. That's crazy. I, I, well, I don't even know if it's poor judgment. I think it's... I think it's... This is like damage control for him. You know... You know what I mean? You've, you've got to... You've got to make up for... And I wouldn't even say make up for it, but you have to, like, do what you can to patch up what could be coming your way. Right. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I mean, you have any idea how many memes came out there? We're just like, hey... Oh, boy. Tom, don't leave Giselle at home alone with yeah, Antonio right. in there. I'm sure. And, and to be honest with you, I, I like, I really hate to say this because I... But... As much of a joke as that is, because it is a joke, and people say mm. that be, to be a joke, I mean... They're out, I'm not saying that he did anything. But the allegations are out there. You do kind of have to be cautious, right? I would think so. I mean, leaving your wife at home alone with Antonio Brown. Don't tell. I I feel like if I didn't say this, we'd be being we'd be being dishonest, right? We that thought has to cross your mind. Of what if? Okay. I mean, don't think about it. I mean. 
Don't think that if there was ever a moment that Antonio Brown and Giselle were in the house by themselves, right? If there ever became a point, I don't even, I don't know if there ever was or whatever, but if there was a point like that, you better believe that Tom said, listen, was, was everything okay here today? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I think you'd be really naive and really dishonest if you didn't think that that was being asked. Well, I think Giselle could take him. Yeah, maybe she could. <laughs> maybe she could. She's ripped. Have you ever seen her? Yeah. She's yeah. ripped. Yeah. Giselle. Oh, my goodness oh. gracious. All right, what's next? Um, LeBron James. He's got a jersey going up on the auction block, which was the jersey he wore on the cover of Sports Illustrated for 2002 when he was still in – he was a junior in high school. And uh, they're expecting wow. that to fetch – $300,000. We talked about that in the break, Jeez. and you were like, listen, you could either buy this jersey or a house. Like, who's buying this yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, why would you or buy... Or maybe a watch, you know? Well, what I mean... Yeah, right. If you're Odell, <laughs> you, you can... Listen, you, would you rather buy a LeBron's jersey or would you rather buy a Richard Mille watch? Yeah. But right. uh, here's my deal. Like, that is that is the thing, though, is... I'm one of those people that values experiences more than possessions. Me too. So, like, I like, like, I'd rather meet the person right. than buy their jersey. Right. Like, I'd, I would much rather, you know, have a conversation with them at lunch than buy a game-worn jersey for thousands of dollars. Right. I just, I'm more interested in the person than... <gasps> Those are LeBron's nail clippers. Yeah. 500 bucks. I'm like, no, I'm not interested in that. I mean, I remember reading a story that somebody uh, went into the garbage at Justin Bieber's hotel room and, and got his toast or something huh. and, and yeah. sold his toast this on is my, eBay for like $25,000. This is my thing. This is a Crazy. vow that I've made to myself. And you can try You guys can uphold this. Okay. Uh-oh. This is a vow that I've you? Yeah. This is a <laughs> vow that I've made to myself my entire life. I will never buy an autograph. I will okay. never, ever buy something autographed from a player or a musician or anything. You I will never yourself. buy. You want to sign I, Yeah. I w- if I'm going to get an autograph, I'm going to get an autograph. Okay. Like, I'm going to go out there in my life and let's say if I want, uh, if I want a Derek Jeter autograph, I don't want to buy something for $900 right. that's... Uh, like a Derek Jeter game-used autographed baseball. I would rather grab my own baseball, walk up to Derek Jeter, and have him sign it for me. Because then I get to meet Derek Jeter. And I don't have to pay anything for that. And it's the whole experience. You'll remember that the signature is going to mean more than just buying a signature that he sat at the table and and wrote. Right. Which is why autograph signings are really cool. Because you actually get to meet the player... While they autograph something, you get to be just like, hi, how are you? Right. You know, And then, you know, maybe you slip a question in there. So, uh, And you'll be like, hey, listen, if you're like, if you're, if, if it's like Big Ben or something like that, you're getting an autograph from, hey, listen, was Antonio Brown really that big of a pain in the butt? Yeah. And he, he'll be like, he'll like laugh at you. He'll be like, <laughs> or something like that. And yeah. then, you know, it's fun. Right. So I, I And then listen. you take a selfie. Right, then you take a, then you take a picture and you got it forever. Listen, there you, go. you get a picture with a guy and you get an autograph and you don't have to pay anything for it. Well, maybe you got to pay to get in. So I like, get 50 bucks to get in or something like that or and he'll donate it to whatever charity he's re- right. you know sponsoring or whatever and I, that's great. That's cool to me. Yeah, me too. I'm that's cool to me. I'm All with right. You. That's the news with our 
Big J journalist Monica Ray here on a Tuesday. Good stuff today. So, Monica, I, I, we're talking about we were talking about Cam Newton and the, really quickly because if you've ever seen Cam Newton, he's a very fashionable guy, right? I, I mean, like he's it. he's like a. The, you see what he was wearing after the game on Thursday night, like last Thursday night. I did not. Where he was wearing the, he was wearing like the what is it called, Evan? A, uh, like that that scarf you wear over your head. What is that called? I don't know. Like is most women wear it. It's like a women. It's a woman thing. I think you like you wear a scarf over your head. Okay. Is it like a? I, I know, know what whatever. you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But he's there wearing all this crazy. He's wearing all this crazy stuff. So, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this guy who's an NFL football player cares a lot about his wardrobe. I wonder how much money he spends on mm. clothes every year. Right. So I wanted to ask you because I wanted to see like if there's a if there's like a um, like a limit on how much guys should spend on clothes every year. Mm. So how much money do you spend on clothes every year? Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a very out there question. I'm asking you to guesstimate. I mean, but does that include shoes and pockets? Yeah, sure. Accessories? <sighs> That's really I hard. Would say, I would say not. I would say no on, uh, you know what? Yeah, uh, include everything, yes. Oh, boy. Um... And this is you. Yeah, this doesn't go for everybody, but this is you. I'm going to say somewhere around 5000 maybe. Wow. Every year. No, I mean, depends. You know, I mean, it's hard for me. I, I, I keep a lot of clothes, so, you know, I... But you're also in the business world, and you have to, yeah. you know... You know, and I like to dress up, so, you know, summer's my season. Wedges, heels, sandals, mm, sundresses, yeah. things like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean... You know, I'm, I, like you, I'm more about, uh, I mean, my favorite thing is sunglasses. So I spend, I, I like sunglasses. sunglasses so. I like spending on sunglasses, yeah. too. Sunglasses, sunglasses and sneakers. and shoes. What? And, and watch. And watches. I like you watches, You might be too. my alter ego. I'm a watch. That. I'm Sun a watch guy, guy, too. Sunglasses, shoes. <laughs> what do you like, Evan? <laughs> sunglasses. Jerseys. Shoes. And jerseys. Jerseys. All right. <laughs> and jackets. I love, I love jackets. Like I, jackets. I, had, I got this great... Um, I got a really cool bomber jacket one time uh, a few years ago, and uh, I love it. I love it a lot. I love getting the uh, – you look like you're from Top Gun comments that I get from my friends sometimes. Yeah, that's nice. Right I, I don't own a bomber jacket. I, I really love, should oh, I own a bomber so jacket, cool. but I, I don't I think own that's one. a staple so in cool. every man's I don't wardrobe. own – you know what's funny? I don't own a bomber jacket or a Letterman jacket. All right, that's a good Christmas idea for you. A bomber jacket or yeah. a Letterman jacket? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. You're welcome. Honestly, no. If you got me for Christmas another one of those cookie brownies, I'd be. That was good. You oh like boy. that? Oh boy! <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just very funny for a guy. Like, I don't think it's necessarily fair about like uh, why are you focusing on your wardrobe and stuff like because I don't really think he puts that much thought into it. I think that's something that he's interested in, and that's fine. Like, I don't think an NFL quarterback should have to ha- like be exited from all NFL life, uh, like all life. Other than being a quarterback. Right. Maybe but that's just his style. I do think that that should be your primary focus. Like, of course. For somebody like Baker Mayfield, like I feel like, all right, do a little bit less commercial, spend a little bit more time on the football field. That, I think, is, is valid. You know, I think I could say about Cam Newton, all right, spend a little less time in the department store and spend a little bit more time on the football field. I think I can have that criticism. But I'm not telling you don't have any, uh, other interests. 
Right. Well, you you can I mean, be a person in terms of the commercials. Pay, I mean, how many commercials has I know Peyton Manning's a Hall of Famer, but and maybe the greatest ever. But yeah, Peyton but Peyton, Peyton Manning, Manning does all over the place. Peyton Manning does, has done most of his commercials after he retired. I mean, yeah. most of his commercials are now. Right. Right. It's it's all the. Um, it's all the, the, the nationwide commercials with Brad Paisley and, yeah. and, um, I mean, I, I remember Manning having a lot of commercials too. I played all, I mean, Don McNabb too had the chunky soup commercials and everything. The, listen, the, that's right. fine. Eli, that's fine. That, yeah. Yeah. Even Eli had his commercials too. Uh, they, most of them were local, but Eli Manning had his commercials too. I don't know. I don't li- listen. I mean, if you can, I mean, if you I can, like my quarterback to be quiet, that's, that's, that's what I like. But <laughs> that's like, is Peyton Manning was a guy that he did commercials, but the guy also won 14 games a year, and he was the smartest quarterback on the field at all times. Right. So you could tell that he spent some time, you know, uh, spent some time in the film room watching tape. That if it wasn't for, I wouldn't say if it wasn't for, but I, I mean, if Baker and Cam Newton won more, I'd be all right. I mean, if you're a young quarterback, you're someone like Baker Mayfield, and you get endor- you you drafted him. You're excited and all that stuff. And yeah, I get it. You, you, and t- and. God, people know like okay, yeah, Baker Mayfield. Someone like Baker Mayfield, he's got charisma. He's got, right. you know, he's got a, he's got a cat. He's got a, you know, he's got a confidence about himself. He's got charisma. He he's perfect for television. They call him up. Hey, would you like to do a commercial for? I think he's doing Progressive, right? Progressive right. Yeah. Insurance. He gets a phone call. Hey, would you like to do this stuff? So and so. He's gonna say yes. Of course, he's gonna say yes. Of course, he's gonna say yes. You know, a lot of other quarterbacks would do that too. We haven't seen. You know, some quarterbacks do it, some some quarterbacks don't. But, I mean, Dak Prescott is now in more commercials, too, now, I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. So, I, mean, I, I think he was in the commercial for Pepsi, right? Mm-hmm. It was Luke Keekley and Dak and, uh, and Ron Rivera, I think it was, like a mm-hmm. year or so ago. I think it was, like, right after his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Right after his rookie year, Dak, you saw Dak in commercials. Like, it just, it's just part of the course. Right? Mm-hmm. So, All right. right, coming up next. Um, I'll give you my top ten teams in the NFL. I do this every week. Uh, on Tuesday after the week is over, I'll give you my top ten teams in the NFL, including a team that lost to their quarterback. That's next. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents The, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. It's a Tuesday, it's noon, and it's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's good to have you in. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer. Monica Ray, our Big J journalist. Good to have you back. Hour number two. Good to have you in, everybody. Uh, So here's my uh, thing. I do it every Tuesday. Uh, Every week in the NFL, I'm going to give you the top ten teams after that week. Uh, Some slight shifts this week, including there's a team that doesn't currently have their quarterback. That did make the list. Here we go. I, I wonder who that team is. Mm, yeah. Uh, number 10, the San Francisco 49ers. I, I, here's my thing on them. I think that they're talented. I do. I think John Lynch has a way of finding guys that we don't really like or hear of in the draft, and they end up working out. Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, uh, George Kittle a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, we're looking at a bunch of guys that are – you know, kind of eh in college, and then they turn out to be good pros uh, once they get to the uh, once they get to the 49ers. They've got a great defensive line. They're still waiting for Nick Bosa to come back. That pass rush is going to get really dangerous. Uh, I still think they have issues in their secondary, uh, but Kyle Shanahan is one of the more creative coaches in the entire league offensively. And this is where the league is moving. 
younger, creative, offensive minds, and Kyle Shanahan is a premium in that department. San Francisco's number 10. Number 9, Buffalo. Uh, I'm kind of buying in. I'm not going to lie. I am kind of buying in. I don't think that they are 100% contender. I think they are getting there. But I'm in on this whole development process. I'm in on Josh Allen. Definitely gotten better with his arm. Give him some weapons. I I think the coaching staff is great. They have an unbelievable defense up there. Uh, I mean... Seriously, and they've got stars at every level. I mean, are you saying the defensive line guys like Ed Oliver and and they've got pass rushers up there? That I mean, linebackers. They they have three real good linebackers: Lorenzo Alexander, Tremaine Edmonds, and and Matt Milano are all good linebackers. And then they've got stars in the secondary: Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tre'Davious White. That this is a really good defense. Now, offensively, I still think they need to grow. But they, you can see the improvement. Josh Allen's a better quarterback. I like that young running back, Devin Singletary. That you can tell getting Cole Beasley and John Brown is making a difference in that offense. That this is a better Buffalo football team. And I do think that this is a playoff team. Buffalo is a good football team this year. You're saying process. Are you saying no one circles the process like the Buffalo Bills? Shut up. <laughs> Number eight. I had to. Minnesota. Uh, this team is very talented. Dalvin Cook looks like he's the best running back in the league right now this year. Um, and they've got hella wide receivers. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, a tight end. Uh, Irv Smith, their other young tight end who I desperately wanted to be a cowboy. Uh, I think that offense is good. The offensive line is definitely improved. It is. Garrett Bradbury has made that offensive line a lot better. Uh, and defensively, they're stout. They don't have a weakness on the defense. They can protect the run. Uh, they can uh, rush the passer. They defend the pass in the backfield very well. They've got great linebackers. Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. Uh, ben Gedeon's actually a relatively good linebacker. Kentrell Brothers. That They do have nice players over there. Uh Here's really my deal. And and look, I like him, but you can tell that it's a little bit of a shaky deal going on over there. Is Kirk Cousins. I, I, I Kirk Cousins at quarterback is really making this a lot shakier than it probably has to be. And I've defended him for a long time. But Kirk Cousins has you know, he's gotta start picking up steam. And then I then I think Minnesota will really be legit. But right now I'm kind of skeptical. I really am. I think their talent is going to take them far. Uh, they are very, very good offensively and defensively uh, as far as talent. I need Kirk Cousins to give me more, but Minnesota's number eight. Number seven, team that lost their quarterback. I'm keeping New Orleans in the top ten. Here's why. Beating Seattle in Seattle with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback shows me a lot of things. You have a great O-line. Alvin Kamara is a superstar. You have wide receivers. And Teddy Bridgewater is not hurting your offense. Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees are very similar quarterbacks. Precisely accurate. Short intermediate routes. I told you this offense was not going to lose much, and it didn't. It actually got a little bit better. Defensively, they get after the passer. I like what they're doing over there. I think they could get better at safety. I think their secondary could be a little bit more consistent. But... New Orleans looks looks good. Well coached. Sean Payton. This is a good football team. 
Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think, is going to kill them. I think they could easily go 3-3, three and 4-2 three, and two in the next six games, or however long uh, Drew Brees is going to be out. I do think that they're going to be fine. And then when Drew Brees comes back, they're going to be right back in the conversation. So New Orleans is number seven. Number six, Baltimore. I, I'm so impressed. I really am. Lamar Jackson is making everybody eat their words, and I absolutely love it. Okay, not bad for a running back. Uh, it isn't bad for a quarterback. I'll say that. Lamar Jackson has played incredibly well. I think he's the second uh, the second name coming up in the MVP conversation right now behind Mahomes. Uh, this is a really good football team. Yeah, all you needed to do, to do was give him a receiver or two, and now he's got some weapons to work with. He's able to throw the ball better. They run the ball incredibly well. They have a good offensive line, and defensively, they lost some pieces, but they look really good on defense. Matt Judon's getting after the passer. Tim Williams is getting after the passer. Secondary is their biggest question. I know they signed Earl Thomas, but at corner, they do have some inconsistencies at corners. There are some miscommunications in the secondary. They're banged up right now. They're yeah, banged I, up in the secondary, especially at the corner position. Yeah, I, I think that Baltimore could get better in that area if they uh, when they get healthy. But Baltimore, I don't want anything to do with if I'm a team in the playoffs. I don't want anything to do with Baltimore. They are legit. They're number six. Number five, the L.A. Rams. I'm really surprised at how much, and this is going to sound, this is more of a testament to how good they were last year. I'm actually surprised at how much of a step back they've taken. They're still a top five team in the NFL, in my opinion. I think defensively, they've definitely gotten better. They needed to improve at linebacker, and they did. Uh, defensive line, Aaron Donald's still great. Dante Fowler's having a great start. Uh, and then their secondary's loaded. Uh, think about all these names in their secondary. Uh, Akib Talib, Marcus Peters, uh, John Johnson, Taylor Rapp, the rookie, Eric Weddle, Nikel Roby Coleman. They, they are loaded in the secondary. So defensively, they're fine. But you can tell that those losses in the offensive line are really hurting them. They're good at tackle, right? Rob Havenstein and Andrew Whitworth at tackle are going to be fine. It's the middle. Losing Roger Saffold, losing John Sullivan, that's a really serious deal. They've got to replace the guys that are in the middle of the offensive line. Gurley's having a bit of a rough year, and it looks like Sean McVay is starting to get a little bit figured out. Okay, I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem because I think he'll make the adjustments, but the L.A. Rams right now are number 5, and I do think that they've regressed a little bit from last year, which shows you how good they were because I still think they're a top five team in the NFL. Number four, Green Bay. I'm surprised at how good they are. I really am. I'm waiting for this offense to get full-fledged going. Aaron Jones has been a little bit streaky at running back. Uh, and Matt LaFleur's system, I think, is not full-fledged in yet. I need to see more of it. But... I think it's fair to say that defense is elite. That is a great Green Bay Packer defense. Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, great young corners, Blake Martinez, who's a beast. I mean, this is an elite defense for Green Bay. They're going to keep them in football games. I'd like them to have some more weapons on offense for Aaron Rodgers. But this is a good football team. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers look like they're trying to figure it out. It is going to get better as time goes on. Green Bay is number four. And then I got the same top three from last week. Number three is Dallas. I think right now they look like the best team in the NFC. I 
I do believe that, uh, listen, I was scared a little bit too after the first half of the Miami game because it was a lot closer than I wanted it to be. But in the second half, they did pull it away. Okay, when you're bad, you you don't get taken seriously. That's what Dallas did. They kind of took Miami lightly, and then they turned on the Jets in the second half, scored three touchdowns. Tony Pollard had a nice day. You know, it was a nice it, it was a nice day in the second half for the Cowboys. But Dak looks accurate. This offense looks really good. Kellen Moore knows what he's doing, and this is a good defense, a really good defense. They're stopping the run. They're getting after the quarterback. Uh, they're playing the pass incredibly well. They've got great corners. Byron Jones and Cheetah Bay Awuzie, I think, are legitimate NFL corners. That This is a legit football team. Right now, I think they're the most stable team in the NFC. They're the team I have the most faith in in the NFC. I don't see a problem. I really don't see a problem with them right now. they got to get guys back. they got to get Michael Gallup back. they got to get Xavier Woods back. But I think they're going to be fine. They will be fine going forwards once they get healthy and right now I do think uh, you look at Dallas's schedule the possibility for 10 and 0 to start the year is not crazy it's not their schedule for the first 10 weeks is not impossible it really isn't so they get Drew Bre- they get the Saints without Drew Brees next week still going to be a tough game in the Superdome um but it is an obtainable game I think Dallas right now looks really good they are number 3 Number two, Kansas City. I, I, I just, th- this is maybe the most elite offense I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, I think the only offense that would combat that would be Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos offenses when he wor- when he was there for the first couple of years. But this is a crazy, crazy good offense. They're out Tyree Kill, and it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. They don't even have that great of a running game. Their running back is LaShawn McCoy, who's 35. He's probably not 35, more like 30. Uh, but, yeah, I want to say 32. But LaShawn McCoy, they're making LaShawn McCoy look like a stud. I, this is, Patrick Mahomes has taken the quarterback position to a whole new level. I think right now he's the best player in football. He's unbelievable, this guy. Uh, I, listen, I, that defense is suspect. It does scare me a little bit, but they do have a pass rush. They do have a, uh, a pass rush. Frank Clark... Uh, Chris Jones, they get after the quarterback. So I do think they need some more defensive pieces. But offense is ruling the league, and they're the best at it in the NFL. Kansas City's number two. And then number one, what do you want me to say? New England. They they just... Boring. <laughs> it's like this every year. Brady, Belichick, yeah. Edelman. They cut Antonio Brown, and it doesn't matter. It's just... Uh, this is the best New England defense I've seen in a long time. Their offensive line's really good. It's banged up, but it's still really good. Uh, they can run the ball incredibly well. Sony Michelle, Rex Burkett, James White. And it's just, jeez, you know, man. It's, it's like ridiculous. a monopoly, you know? Can't they break it up a little bit and yeah. spread it around? I wish. <laughs> but New England is number one. So to recap, San Francisco, Buffalo, Minnesota, New Orleans, Baltimore, L.A., uh, the Rams... Uh, the Packers at four, Dallas, Kansas City, and then New England. Those are the top ten teams in the NFL after week three. What do we think, guys? Am I off? I think Dallas is going to win. You already know that. <laughs> yeah, right. Minnesota's at number eight, you put? Eight. Number- eight. Yeah. I have them ahead of San Francisco and Buffalo. 
I like Minnesota's um, talent more. That's what I like about them. No, I like I, their talent more. I'll say this. I'll say this. They have to. They are going to Chicago this week. Uh, they will play the Bears this week in Chicago. Cousins vastly struggled. Tough the last game. Time. Cousins vastly struggled the last time they met them in Chicago. That's a game the Vikings really need to win. Again, the Vi- again, that's another game just like that Packer game two weeks ago, where you really would like to see the Vikings and Kirk Cousins step up on the road against a really good division opponent and get a and get a W. And that's not going to be easy. So I'm looking at them to really solidify themselves as a true, not just playoff contender, but a Super Bowl contender. If they can go to Chicago and pull up a win there, that'd be great. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, yeah, I don't know if they're a top 10 team yet. I might still put them. They are the 3-0, slip. though, Ev. They're 3-0. No, they're 3-0 against the, they're 3-0 against a Jet team that's struggling. Again, I look at, I look at competition. A Jet team that's struggling. A giant that did have Sam Donald granted. A Giants team that, was the final game of Eli Manning's career looked like. And then like, Cincinnati. And then the Bengals had to squeak by Cincinnati at home. I like the Bills. I like the direction. I think they're going to compete this year and for a playoff spot. Top Very team, underrated coaching un- staff. Underrated coach. Really good defense. They have, like I said, uh, they have they have what you want uh, entering November, December. A good running game and a solid defense. A quarterback that's developing. Some nice weapons like Beasley and John Brown. I thought John, getting John Brown was a really good move. They got two guys who can just catch the football. I think it may be a little too early to put them in the top ten, but hey, if they can show me something against New England, even if they lose, and you know maybe they lose twenty-seven, twenty-four, or something like that, that 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 shows me that they're in, that they can, that they're for real, and that this they could be pretty good. I don't know if I put them in the top ten yet. San Francisco, I could definitely make a case for being in the top ten. I I like what I'm, I've I've been a skeptic of the Niners. I've been a skeptic of of the Niners, but I've been impressed by this three and zero start. I have been. I, I like yep. what I've seen from them. Yep. I put all the teams that are undefeated, except for Detroit, in there. I'm not buying into them. Don't make me do it. I'm not doing it. Oh, the Lions? Nope. Ah. Not in on them. And they, I mean, I, see, I, they did, again, I look at the competition. They beat a good Chargers team. And they beat the Eagles in Philadelphia. I just Eagles in Philly. And I, something four, about them four, I don't like. And I, I, I totally get that. I, I told you that. But after three, again, we're only basing after three weeks. How do you I, beat I the How do you beat the Eagles in Philadelphia? You beat the Chargers, but, Ty, but you blow a lead against Kyler Murray. That's the NFL, man. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy week, to week me. Week to week, Ravens at six. I, again, I, I'm really concerned. You are I'm, such I'm a con- skeptic no, 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 no. Ravens fan. It's not even funny. I, I'm concerned. You are so pessimistic. I'm concerned about that defense. I really am. Oh my I'm, god! I'm legitimately concerned about it. I'm legitimately concerned about it. I like what I'm seeing from the offense. I, I want to see them run the football a lot more. You know, they ran they run the football a lot. I'm glad to see that. They really should have done that to start the game against Kansas City. Oh, God, you're a I'm nightmare. Cons- I'm concerned about that defense. You're I a am. nightmare. All right. <laughs> is, that, is that not fair to be concerned about the defense right now? No, it's not fair. Oh. All right, let's go to break. Those are the top ten teams in the NFL by week three. I love it when I criticize when I kind of throw, when I kind of criticize the Ravens. You go out when you you like you like get upset, but what I but when you criticize the Cowboys, I'm you know I'm kind of just sitting there listening to you. Yeah, you no, I, I attack you when you. <laughs> like, the Ravens are good. I the Ravens I'm are not, really good. I am not saying they're not good. I'm not saying that. I again competi- but competition. But the defense matters. and the dudes and the dudes. Competition matters. They beat the Dolphins and they barely squeaked by the Cardinals and they got beaten up by the Chiefs. Now they get a huge game this week. They didn't week get beaten up by the Chiefs. They, they were five. Uh, they were down twenty three six at half. They were. They were. I, I know they lost by five, but the yeah. But the Chiefs are the b- the, the Chiefs are the best offensive team in football, and they're f- they are fantastic. But I want to see the Ravens for sixty minutes and not go for it on two point conversions. On you know. 
And because analytics said so, Harbaugh, Harbaugh really came off bad yesterday talking about, oh, you know, talking about why he was going for it. I'm sorry, That's he did. So, I'm no, sorry, he, he did. did not. He looked he great yesterday. Are you kidding me? John Harbaugh is and I love John, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is as good with the media as any coach in the NFL. I understand. I'm not kidding you. I, I, like there's like it's okay. When you when as far as for, as far as media relations, I'll rank the top coaches. When you're going on right? about analytics, it's John Harbaugh and Sean McVay and Mike Tomlin and like these Pete Carroll. Like these guys are good with the media. Like, really good at the microphone. When you're going on about analytics and why you went for it. You want to talk about coaches that are bad at the mic? You want to talk about coaches that are bad at the the mic? Adam Gase. Adam Gase is terrible. Uh, Pat Shermer is terrible at the mic. This isn't about John Hallbach in the media yesterday. This is mostly about about Bill Belichick, I think, is terrible at the mic. Well, that's true. Mm. Oh, that's all, this, is, this is not about John Harbaugh on the microphone to the media. I know he's good to me. This is about him going out yesterday and be like, well, analytics told me to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Dude, you scored an opening drive touchdown in Kansas City. Send the best kicker on the planet and give me an extra point. Don't go for two. How about that? Give me a 7 oh nothing lead instead of going, what? I you can't nit- criticize him for that? You nitpick. I, oh, it's a nitpick. You it's nitpick. A nit- it's a nitpick. Yes, you do. Jason you Garrett nitpick. Is, Jason Garrett has, made the, has won the division three out of five years. I guess you're nitpicking. I'm not nitpicking. <laughs> Coaching has held that team back. You have a top five coach in the NFL, and you're complaining about coaching. Give me a break. John Harbaugh is a stud. He is, he is great. My he is great. God. And his brother is making John look a lot better. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan is making well, John Harbaugh program, look like well, a genius well, in the that, family. Well, that, whole pro- that whole program right now, Michigan's just in shambles right now. Oh, that whole program in Michigan's ridiculous. in shambles. Uh, they might have to hit the reset button in Michigan. They really might All right. have to. Break time. Speedy Petey around the corner. It's the Haystack. You're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back, Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Monica, good to have you in here on a Tuesday. Want to bring in somebody before, that knows a lot more about football than I do. Before what? we bring in Speedy, I just want to point this out. The Baltimore Ravens pass defense is 27th in the NFL. I just want to point that out. Nitpicky. Oh, All right. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> I want to bring in a guy that knows a lot more about NFL football than I do. Uh, the producer of the third and long show here. Producer of the Down to the Wire show with Errol Marks. Producer of the home stretch with Tyler Harrison. He's literally everywhere on this network. Knows a ton about football. Speedy, Petey. Speedy, how are you, my friend? That's why I added the Chiefs can rig those statistics. What's up? That's why I the Chiefs can rig those statistics. Well, it's not just yeah, the Chiefs. Uh, hold on. Kyler Murray threw for 340 the last in, in week two. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, too, threw pretty good against him. Just saying. Aye, aye. Just Evan, out. drop it. You're fine. Oh, All I- right. Ravens are the third best team in the AFC, and then after that, it is literal no one. Okay. Uh, Speedy, I want to begin with this. You're a Giants fan, Daniel Jones. I believe that if anything could be taken away from what the Giants did on Sunday against Tampa, it could serve as an enlightenment for guys that defended Eli. Okay, the Eli fans can take a deep breath. You're going to be perfectly fine with this kid at quarterback. What did you see from Daniel Jones on Sunday that you liked? Yes, there were a lot of things that impressed me. I mean, obviously far from perfect. I think he still has a lot of room to grow as a quarterback, but... The way he read the field, I think, was very impressive. I think his decision-making as a whole was very good. The thing that impressed me most was him rolling out to the left a lot of the time, though, too. A lot of quarterbacks will roll out to the right on those kinds of 
running plays or design quarterback uh, rollouts, and he was rolling to the left a lot of them because, again, the offensive line was having trouble against Shaq Barrett, against Carl Massive, guys like that. Awareness, his poise to be able to roll out to the left was very impressive, and I thought his uh, more middle and deep accuracy was a lot better than I thought over the middle of the field. I still want to see him do better on the outside. I still want to see him do better on some tough routes, but those could be limited with the receivers they have, too. So it'll be interesting to see how he grows once they get uh, well, once he gets Golden Tate back and maybe they utilize Evan Ingram a little more as well as like a receiver and outside type player. But I, I feel like middle of the field throws and leading defenses. And this is mental stability in general. It was yeah, that's what I want to touch on next. I feel like mental toughness is something that you can rest on with this kid. Think about it. Everybody in New York absolutely hated him. He gets booed at Yankee Stadium. I mean, and then he goes out on he goes out in the preseason, completes eighty five percent of his passes, then goes out in week three on the road against Tampa, who just virtually shut out Cam Newton. And now we're looking at okay, this is a guy that led these game-winning drives, came back from down 28-10 at the half. I mean, Daniel Jones did all of this without Saquon Barkley. That has to say something. Yeah, it absolutely does. It does say something. I've said if they can get something out of this team, if it comes down to no matter what level of quarterback you have to be, I always hope for mental stability like that. 28 to 10, you could get down on yourself very easily. And again, the first half really wasn't his fault. It was the defense. It was the pass, uh, the, the offensive line struggling against that pass rush. It was those things. Then he did not get down on himself. He stuck to the game plan. Now, again, they should have lost that game anyway to, they, to tap a kicker and miss the field goal. But they, he should not be down on himself. And again, what he did, regardless, again, they did on the point, but regardless, even if they lost, he led the game three drives. He led three, uh, three straight scoring drives in the third quarter. That's something that you have to look at with the kid and, and say, all right, at least he believes himself. At least he's still confident in his abilities. And the kid is smart, and that's the biggest thing you look at right now. No matter what level of quarterback he turns out to be, whether he's a, a solid starter or a good quarterback or even great. Well, let's get into this, Speedy, because I want to get into another young quarterback. Uh, Baker Mayfield, right now, I think is really underwhelming. Okay, he's got fifty uh, a fifty six and a fifty seven percent completion percentage this year. He's got those wide receivers. He only was able to score twenty three points against the Jets. Now he scores thirteen points again for the second straight home game. Everybody's telling me that Baker Mayfield is this big, great next young quarterback. He's seven and nine in his career. He's got a sixty-two and a half completion percentage over his career. He's thrown five interceptions this year, opposed to three touchdowns. What what am I missing with Baker Mayfield? I don't see it. But I'm going to analyze this in different ways. One, I think the win loss record thing that you brought up is kind of unfair, though, because he played a lot of difficult teams, and for the Browns to do what they did last year on one of the toughest schedules in football. I think. I mean, he's two and six against. He's two and six against winning football teams. He has looked rusty this year. I will admit that his medium accuracy has not been very good. His deep accuracy has not been very good. But I will say this: you, as a Cowboys fan, watched it the last 
three, four years. Does Freddie Kitchens play call and not look like Jason Garrett? Uh, well, listen, I, it, look, I, I'm not in love with the play calling either, but he's got those wide receivers and he can't hit them. Sure, but I also think all his passes seem to be three, five, three, four, five yards. That was literally Jason Garrett's offense, simple routes, and then they ran. That's literally what it's doing. And I think it's a bad look on Kitchens even more than it is on Baker. Now, Baker hasn't played well, I will admit that. Is that uh, he's strong behind the guys a lot of the time? His deep accuracy, which I was criticizing of him of coming out of the draft, he looks good with it last year, and all of a sudden this year he can't do it. So I'll give him part of the blame. I still think it's mostly pitching, though, that is the problem right now with that team, because that team is undisciplined, and for receivers of that caliber, they should not be restricting that route tree like they are. So think about it like this, Pete, because I, listen. You know that I'm I'm a guy that isn't a Baker Mayfield guy. I'm not a Cam Newton guy. Those guys combine. I'm sorry, uh, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota. I'm not into those guys. I think they they came into the league. They were super talented. We gave them a lot of chances, and we're kind of sticking to them because of that. Right now, those guys combined are two and eight on the year. Now, the guys that I like, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Dak, Jared Goff, Mitch Trubisky, those guys are all combined 13 and two this year. Okay. I, is it kind of getting tiresome that we praise quarterbacks that don't win? Well, it's, again, tough to analyze everything because not every win is created equal. You could have a instance like Trubisky where he survived last week against the Broncos in a game that their defense almost blew and he didn't play well and he made some big throws but he didn't, he didn't really play well and you could have instances like Jared Goff who threw for under 200 yards in week one and won because of special teams and some deep plays. So not every win is created equal. Now the guys you mentioned who have struggled Cam Newton, I think, is still trying to adjust to these, this new style that they're playing. Because think about this. Cam Newton, throughout his career, has all had these bigger body type receivers, physical tight end, Greg, and Greg Olson. Uh, and now he's just in adjusting to more of this snapback type offense, which I, him playing in a power type offense, including himself, 250 pounds for like six, seven years of his career. There has to be some, some kind of an adjustment that he has to make. So I think he's still not used to it yet. I still think he is injured to an extent, and obviously he didn't play, so we know that now. So that's mm. the case with him. With Mariota, again, he's just got to adjust to the targets a little more, and Taylor Lewan being hurt too, or not hurt, suspended as well, has to get to him as well. Because he's been on a great offensive line his whole career, and all of a sudden it's not there. So it's definitely interesting the way we look at it. Baker right now, he has the talent around him. I think his, the problem with him is he's just not doing with the medium accuracy. His decision-making is not great. But I still think Cleveland's primary concern is the play call. So let me talk about Mitch a little bit. So I'm watching last night, and I'm thinking, uh, okay, the, the Bears, can they can work with this. Okay, I, I, Mitch is going to catch flack for the rest of his career. I'm talking about Trubisky. The for the rest of his career because he got taken before Patrick Mahomes and he got taken before Deshaun Watson in the same draft. He's going to always catch flack for the rest of his career. He's going to get butchered, okay? But I'm watching last night, and I'm thinking, all right, he's got Matt Nagy. He's got those weapons. He's got that running back that I really like. He has that defense. 
I don't need Mitch Trubisky to be a superstar. I need him to not kill me. And what I see from Mitch is he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make stupid decisions. He does make the play when it needs to be made. I don't understand the criticism of Mitch Trubisky. Do you? Well, I think the criticism, though, is him not utilizing everything he has to the greatest extent. Now, again, I don't think their weapons are as good as you're making them out to be. I think Allen Robinson's their best receiver by far, and I, I don't love the rest of their depth. Trey Burton. And Taylor is, Gabriel caught three touchdowns yesterday. Okay, it's one game. He's still not. <laughs> he's still 165 pounds, five foot seven receiver. Like he's basically Darren Sproles. So you got that to look at. Trey Burton's a average. The best tight end. I mean, their tackles, and I said this at the start of the year, they overperformed last year, and now they're not playing well. Now, again, Trubisky, I think I'll give him a pass just because I thought his circumstance still isn't great. But again, again, you got to look at how does he make those sophisticated throws, which he did to an extent in the first half yesterday. Then he started, again, he started to rely on basic stuff after that, and I, I don't think he trusts himself in terms of his abilities as much. So I just want to see him grow in that department. Like, he's good with the decision-making, he's good at being coachable with Nagy, and that's fine, but I want if, if you want to grow as a quarterback, you've got to make sophisticated throws, you got to be able to attack the outside of the field a lot more, and I, I right now need to see more with him in terms of doing that. So uh, let's talk about New Orleans a little bit. I want to. I'm going to throw a couple more things at you before I let you go. New Orleans, I don't think is going to fall off a cliff. Uh, la- going into Seattle and winning and winning that game while Russell Wilson had the game of his career, uh, Teddy Bridgewater looked fine. He looked capable at the quarterback position there. You you watch what New Orleans does with Drew Brees. Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater are very similar quarterbacks. Accurate, short, intermediate guys that'll run these routes. Alvin Kamara, again, it didn't affect him at all. Nine catches. So, I don't think I'm crazy when I'm saying New Orleans still has a shot at this thing despite not having Drew Brees for six weeks. They could go four and two in those six games. Yeah, they do. I I believe it, and I said if they go three and four, probably by the time Breeze is back, and they can weather the storm, they could still sneak in as a wild card team. And maybe with the way their division's going, they could win the division. They could win the division. So, Nobody in their division looks legit right now. Yeah, I still trust the Falcons to turn it around. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna panic on them yet because I think Matt Ryan's just looked a little rusty. But going back to the Saints, I've always liked Bridgewater, so I'm not surprised he's playing well in that particular role. Now, I will blame the Seahawks to an extent, too. I don't know how you could just let Alvin Kamara do the things he was doing. I'm surprised that wasn't a primary game plan of theirs. So the Saints do have to be careful in terms of, one, Sean Payton not trying to rely on a lot of these safer-like game plans with Bridgewater. And, two, Bridgewater has to realize, like, Alvin Kamara may be more of a center of attention at times, too, because... I'm surprised with Seattle's linebacking core the way they are and, that, and their front seven that they weren't able to contain him a little better than they did. And they did well in certain other instances in the second half. But, again, if they end up 
down the road still facing, like I said, those tough defenses on the road. They got Jacksonville on the road, Chicago, like week eight on the road. Those are some things you might not be able to get away with. So it'll definitely be interesting, but I definitely have confidence in the Saints. Sean Payton is showing why I think he's the second-best head coach in the NFL, and he might be the best offensive coach still in the NFL. His concepts are really good, and he knows how to adjust to his players. So uh, last thing before I let you go, Speed, we're running short on time. Uh, two games next week that I like and that I'm really interested in, um, and, and you might think that I'm crazy for this, but I do think that there's a legitimate case that could be made for both. I do think Dallas has a shot. I, I know, I'm not going to say a shot. I actually like Dallas to win in New Orleans uh, next week. I think it's a good matchup for Dallas, and I actually think that Buffalo has a shot at home against New England. I'm not going to say that it's definite, but I think Buffalo has a shot to win that football game. Those are the games that I'm interested in. Do you think that those are possible, and what are you looking for in Week 4? Buffalo has a shot. They always seem to play New England hard in Buffalo. Do I think they'll win? No, but they'll put up a fight because, again, the Patriots have historically struggled against running quarterbacks, which obviously Josh Allen is, and Buffalo has always seemed to play well against them in Buffalo. The fans get up for it. It's one of those things they go crazy for. Again, they always seem to fall just short in those kinds of games. They seem to lose 31-27, scores like that. So I kind of expect something like that because, again, the Patriots still are loaded with a lot of offensive weapons. And even though they lost some offensive linemen, I, I still think they have a potent enough offense to be able to do well. And so I think it, it will be close, but I still would pick the Patriots in that one. Uh, in terms of the Saints-Cowboys game, I think I, in the Superdome, in, in primetime like that, I still think I would still favor the Saints in those circumstances. I, I was very impressed with what they did. And, I, again, I think Sean Payton still conceptually right now is on par with any, any coach probably outside of Bill Belichick in this league in terms of him getting the best out of his players. And Dallas, for a while, against the Dolphins, did not look great. It really took that running game to get going and took a couple throws in the second half to make that score look the way it did. So they're not coming off the greatest of wins either, even though they won by 20-something points. So I, I would still favor the Saints in the Superdome. They are always historically a difficult home team, no matter the circumstances with the team. They had five, six years of horrible defenses, and yet they still put up fights in those home games. And usually the teams that win those home games in the Superdome are division teams. So it'll be tough to see as a division team do it. And the, the Cowboys, they are 3-0, and they have been very impressive so far. But again, I think as well, the way they were able to win against the Redskins, the way they were able to win against the Dolphins, might not transfer against that run defense of New Orleans, which has been very good the last couple of years. All right, Speedy Petey, he produces virtually every show on this network. Uh, it's good to have you on, Speedy. You know a lot about more, uh, a lot more about football than I do. Uh, good to have you on, Speedy. Yep, thank you, Speedy Petey, uh, producer of pretty much every show on this network except for ours. How does um, he even have time to watch football? I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, you know, you know football's what? on Sunday, and we don't work Sunday. You, you, know, yeah, what I I guess, should, right? you know what I should have asked Speedy? Who's he got in fantasy? Me or, me or Mike? Mike and, I are, Mike, and I, Mike and I's teams are going at each other in fantasy. Oh, I that's his, what we should ask. I need Speedy's pick Yeah, right you're right. I, have, I forgot to ask. We should ask. I'm a big him. underdog. I'm a 12-point underdog. Maybe call him back. I don't know. All right. 
Uh, let's go to the news. We'll do a quick news segment here with our Big J journalist, Monica Ray, here on a Tuesday. All right. Well, we had uh, Big Ben had his surgery, was successful on his uh, elbow. Yeah. And he's slated to come back in 2020. They said that as soon as it's possible, he's going to start working with the medical staff and trainers there to get himself ready. But uh, looking at the Steelers and the 49ers game this weekend, what do you think about the Niners maybe winning the division? I like that's the Rams. A heavy, that's a heavy I still side. like the Rams. <laughs> I do still like the Rams. It's just, I, I, San Francisco does still have holes. I think they draft well. Like they, they'll take nobodies in the draft and turn them into somebodies in the NFL. It's something that John Lynch does, right? Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, George Kittle. I, I mean, they pull these nobodies out of the draft and they make them work. Now, as far as Pittsburgh, that. Big Ben coming back next year, I think, is like he will come back. But I've never heard of a quarterback going through that sort of arm surgery. I mean, that's a pitcher's arm surgery. Right. I don't know. Uh, That looks like, but I've torn my UCL twice when I was a teenager, and I never came back the same. Never. Okay. And I wasn't very good. That's one thing. Like, I maxed out at 82. Okay, when I tore my UCL, I barely threw 70. It took, it takes a lot of toll on you. Yeah. A lot. Right. Okay, so. A lot of, a lot big of ben, therapy. Yeah, yeah it's going to take a while. I really don't know how much this is going to, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be that positive for Big Ben. I really don't. Yeah. I really don't. And. You know, he'll, he's going to be Big Ben. He'll be, you know, he'll put up some numbers. He's going to throw the ball a lot. He's going to th- throw a bunch of interceptions. But, I don't know. I, very, uh, I'm very skeptical on Ben Roethlisberger right now. I really am. And speaking of skeptical, you were skeptical of the Giants, right? This, this past Sunday, I picked the Giants. And I feel like Daniel Jones. Danny is, Dimes! I, you know what? Let's, Let's talk about that. Nickname. I'm a, I'm a Cowboy fan. Heck? I'm just rooting for the kid. Really Where the am. heck is that nickname it came from? In the pre- Danny Dimes. It, it came from the preseason. Like you know what, it's, Monica, you know what a dime is, right? I don't know. I mean, I know what like a dime a, is. Like, money? No. <laughs> I, I have no idea. No, no. A dime School is like... me, all right? All right. A dime is when you throw a really accurate pass. All right. Like, that's a dime. I learned so, something So, like, if I threw my water bottle and I hit this guy right in the jet symbol on his hat, that was a dime, right? It took a dime for me to do that. If I hit the cap right, off this bottle, right. that's a dime. Well, that you know makes I mean? sense. I, so, just, I had no idea. I'm like, Danny Dimes. Danny like, Dimes, baby. What? Are they not paying him enough? I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, he's making... He's well, taking... I mean, they are probably paying him dimes to the dollar to what Eli makes, but... Yeah, probably. But I feel like he's yeah. re-energized the Giants. Eli's got to have the best job in the world now. He gets paid whatever 20-plus million dollars to watch right. tape. He didn't even play. Yeah. Here, sit down and teach this kid. And, and we'll he's pay. not. And he's By not the way, hurt. We'll, we'll pay you your twenty-three million dollars a year just to sit there and be doofy. And that's what it's going to be. And he's not hurt. So there you go. You're but, right. He's not hurt. Um, look, I, look, I, I like him. I really do. I, I said it before. I think he's going to be the best quarterback out of this draft. I really do. He's going to be better than Haskins. He's going to be better than Kyler Murray. Uh, Daniel Jones is the guy. I like him. I really He's do. And I was iffy on him in college, too, just like everybody else was. But there are qualities that you see in young quarterbacks when they play in the NFL. You accuracy, poise, mental toughness. You know, can he deliver the football on time, on target? And he does. He does. He has qualities 
that not a lot of young quarterbacks do have. That's it. I, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be real good. I also, how ironic is this? I saw a picture on Twitter of Daniel Jones in an Eli Manning jersey when he was oh, yeah. just right. a little tight, right? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's, boy, oh boy. That's pretty crazy. All right. Full circle. Full circle. I mean, listen, they look like each other. They act like they each do. other. They talk yeah. like each other. They play like each other. Daniel Jones is a little bit more mobile, but they, they literally drafted Eli again. Like, that's what they did. They yeah. drafted Eli again. And I'll be honest with you. I think Daniel Jones could be better than Eli. He's more talented than Eli ever was. He is. He's more talented than he ever was. He can move more. I think and he's he got can a throw arm. on a dime. I, mean, I know what that means now. <laughs> yes, that's, you're never going to stop using it, are you? All day. It's, it's like gonna, when a kid learns a new day. word. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, when a kid learns, like, what, I I, I don't know, when they, when they learn what hypothesis means in third grade, <laughs> there's like, they're just like, Mom, can I ask a hypothesis? <laughs> like, yeah, that's what, all right? I don't know. Right, I'd love to. I'd love to see what words people were interested in. Mine was meatball. That was my first word as a kid. Meatball. 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 What was yours, Evan? Oh, I don't know. Translates to what my life is now. I'm 250 pounds. I don't know. I am mom. a big meatball. I don't know. Probably mom or probably mama or dad or something like that. That was probably my first word. Or, yeah. I mean, could have could have been basic. French. Could have been You're French basic. fries. <laughs> could have been basic. French fries because I, I love, know what that means. Could have been French <laughs> fries. You know what that means? What? I said you're basic. And I said I know what that means. You're my arch nemesis. I have to insult you. Yes. Salute. All right. Uh, That's the news. Our big J journalist, Monica Ray, here on a Tuesday. Coming up next. Boy, oh boy, are we loaded today. All right. I'm going to tell you why it's okay for Mitch Trubisky to not have to be Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. See what I mean? Next. That's next. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. It's hour three, and it's a Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you in here on a Tuesday. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer. Monica Ray, our Big J journalist. Hey. So much stuff today. Good to see you, Monica, and terrible to see you, Evan. <laughs> terrible to see you as well, That's my friend. Terrible. <laughs> we're arch- actually we are true arch nemesis since we're since we're we're a fantasy football matchup this week. So no. we are true arch nemesis. Yeah, you're going to beat me because my team sucks. Actually, you're twelve point favorites right now. So yeah, I know. See, we're, that's the thing. We're gonna go like the whole. I'm week twelve up. point favorites, and I think I have George Kittle still in my lineup. And he's, and on, he's, on, and he's on the bye. Yeah. See, I think you guys should hug it out. We're gonna go whole. No. Gonna, <laughs> ew. We're gonna go like. I don't want to hug him. We're gonna go tomorrow. We get all slimy. We're gonna get all tomorrow, and we're gonna be like, yeah, your team stinks. No, my team stinks. My team stinks. My team stinks. My team stinks. And on Monday, the winners are back. Yeah, I told you I beat you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I told you I'd win. I told you I'd win. My team stinks, by the way, but I told you I'd win. Yeah. Yeah, well, when I come back, I'm going to be all cranky because I'm going to wish I'm still in Cooperstown. Oh, man. Yeah, nice little vacation. Oh, huh? I'm so excited. You're going to see the leaves changing probably. Oh, it's so peaceful up there. Yeah. We're staying at the Otisaga Resort Hotel. Look it up. And it's gorgeous. Otisaga? Otisaga. So O-T-E Saga. S-A-G-A. <laughs> And then look, it's in Cooperstown, New York, and wow. you're going to see pictures of this place. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures. Wow. And it is beautiful. It's fancy. Take nice. a look. 
It looks like a castle. It does you look you like need a that castle. music. I'm so fancy. Right? <laughs> you Is that a golf course? Know. Is that a golf yeah, course? Yeah, it's right on a golf wow. course. Wow, four stars. Not too shabby. Yeah. Living it up. Yeah, yeah it's, an, it's a nice hotel. It's a nice hotel. Let's see the um, reviews. I'm paying a lot of money for it, too. So, yeah. Reviews you know. say excellent. Yeah. The room was perfection. Staff knowledgeable and friendly. Breakfast buffet was delicious. Oh, yeah. There's a breakfast so buffet. Yeah. Breakfast <laughs> buffet, baby. Let's go. You can get up right. early for that, right? Let's get into this. Uh, the Bears, they rolled the Redskins last night in Washington, 31-15. punishment from... A team that is known as Stop Bears. Stop Bears. Love it. Mitch Trubisky threw for three touchdowns, all to Taylor Gabriel. And yesterday, if you remember, I talked a lot about quarterbacks that are heavily criticized. So Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. You can add Mitch Trubisky to the list. Actually, you could put Mitch Trubisky at the top of that list. He'll get butchered for his entire career based completely on circumstance, okay? He got drafted before Patrick Mahomes and before Deshaun Watson. Both of them top 10 quarterbacks in the league. Patrick Mahomes is the best football player in the league right now. Mitch hasn't gotten there yet. And so far, that alone, he'll always get flack for. But we crush Mitch all the time for his talent. Not a lot of people see it, okay? He doesn't have the arm like Mahomes or the mobility like Watson. Mitch doesn't have a defining quality that you can take to the bank and cash in. But the Bears don't need him to be. They don't need him to have a crazy skill set, okay? I'm watching this game last night, and I'm thinking, okay, the the Bears can work with this. these uh, These are the kind of games that you can build off of. You know, think about what Mitch can do. He can escape pressure. He can throw short and intermediate routes accurately. He can run an offense. He can lead. I'm not overly bothered by his lack of arm strength. Okay, is it possible that we expected more of Mitch because he got drafted before Mahomes and before Watson? I'm going to answer that question really quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would say so, definitely. You drive them before Mahomes, drive them before Watson. You better be better than those guys. Of course people have expectations. I don't think it's crazy to think that. But at the very same time, keep in mind, Trubisky is as fresh as they get at quarterback. He started one season at North Carolina. Okay, North Carolina. Okay, my, North Carolina's biggest product is Michael Jordan. It isn't necessarily a football program. Okay, they, they're not necessarily a football school. He's raw. He's a baby. Okay, we thought the same thing about Dak and Goff and, and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I, we thought the same out of all those guys. But keep in mind, Trubisky right now is in good hands. He's got a brilliant offensive coach. He's got a, great, he's got a good set of receiver, receivers. He's got a young running back that I really, really like in David Montgomery. He has that defense. Okay, he's got one of the top five defenses in football. I don't need him to be a superstar. I don't need Mitch to make 
wow plays for me. Mitch can go in there and manage the game, control the clock, make the occasional big play, and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with Mitch not being a flat-out superstar. Okay? I look at Mitch, and I think he's talented. I think he's more talented than most, uh, than most people think he is. But even if you don't believe in the talent, you know for a fact that we kill Mitch every time more and more and more because... There's Patrick Mahomes that went 10 and Deshaun Watson that went 12. They're both number, they're whatever, number one and number nine in the league or whatever as far as quarterback rankings, and Mitch is 17th or whatever. I, I mean, of course we're going to kill him. Of course we're going we're gonna to have these high expectations for Mitch. But you realize the situation that he's in with Chicago, you don't need him to be great. You don't need him to be uber-talented. You don't need him to be all of those stuff. I don't need him to have a Mahomes arm. I don't need him to have Deshaun Watson escapability. I don't need that. What I need is, I need him to not turn the ball over. I need him to not kill me. Okay. I need him to make the occasional throw. Can he move the ball down the field? Mitch can do that. We're watching the game last night. He put up 31 points against the Redskins defense where, let me be honest with you, the Redskins are not a good team, but they do have a decent defense. They have front seven. They have corners. Okay, The Redskins defense, uh, defense uh, on their defensive side of the football, they are not a terrible football team. And Mitch played well. Think about what Mitch did the, uh, last night. 25 of 31. He completed 80% of his passes. He threw three touchdowns. I, mean, I, I find it amazing, and I, and I always say this about quarterbacks. What makes people happy when evaluating quarterbacks? What would make you say that a quarterback is great? Okay, we start following the league, we watch this league, and we say, okay, Brady is great, Breeze is great, Russell Wilson's great, Aaron Rodgers is great, Big Ben, all these, okay. We watch all those guys. What do they all have? Help. Okay. Guys like Dak. We bash guys like Dak because, oh, he needs the offensive line. He needs needs Ezekiel Elliott. He needed Amari Cooper. Name me the star quarterback that doesn't have any help. You can't. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Of course Mitch is going to struggle in a bad situation, but the situation he's in now is good. And guess what Mitch is doing? Playing good. He's got Matt Nagy. He's got receivers. He's got a good running back. He's got a defense that keeps him on the field. I, and Mitch is executing. Okay, Mitch is 17-12 and 12 as a starter. He's not killing you. He went 4-8 and eight his rookie year. He's a rookie. Big deal. Okay, last year he went 11-3. and three. I mean, what do you want the guy to do? Is it like... I find it amazing. In order for a young quarterback to be any good, does he need to have no offensive line, no receivers, no running game, a bad coach, a bad defense, and he still has to win 10 games in bad weather? I'm like, what? How is that possible? Nobody has ever done that in the history of mankind. Troy Aikman lost every game in his rookie year. Every game. I, I mean, think about it. We, do, we praise these guys, right? We praise these guys that have uber talent. Mahomes, Watson. 
Okay, They're in great situations too. But I don't need Mitch Trubisky to be a superstar quarterback. If he can manage the game, keep me in it, and not turn the ball over, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'll tell you what. This week they play the Vikings. Last time Mitch was 18-26 for 163 yards. He had a 69 completion percentage when they met when they, the second time they met the Vikings last year. If you can't, they won 24-10. If he gives you something like that against Minnesota in Chicago, they're going to win. Because, again, that Vic, that Bay, just score enough points, 17-20-24 points, and the Bears are going to win that football game. Mm-hmm. Give me something like that. Be, just being efficient. I think that's that's the biggest word, being efficient. 18-26 for a buck 63. Sure, that's a 69 completion percentage. Sure, that's not... That's not mind blowing. That's not jumping out. That's not jumping out the stat book. That's not going to upgrade your your uh, Madden overall. But that's that's efficient. That's something the Bears just need every day from Mishabitsky, like yesterday, and especially this week against Minnesota coming up. Mm. Look, I don't need him to be great. I need him to not kill me. And the Bears, they can work with him. They can work with him. All right. Uh, good stuff today. A lot of good stuff today. Uh, coming up next. We do this every single Tuesday. It's called What Are the Chances? Evan gives me a situation. i got to give you the percentage chance that that thing happens. We play What Are the Chances next here on the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Monica. It's great to have you here on the Haystack. Um, we had a busy, busy show today. Absolutely busy. I think, I think Mitch is going to be fine in Chicago. I, really, I think everybody's kind of overreacting. Nobody needs him to be a superstar. In the situation he's in, Mitch is going to be just fine the way that he is. So I wouldn't, work it. I wouldn't worry about it. I think they're going to be just, just fine. All right. Uh, let's go to the news with our Big J journalist, Monica Ray, here on a Tuesday. All right, we were just having some fun with impressions, right? So I was thinking about Bill Belichick ah. again. You know, I mean, the death stare. He, um, he's, he's focused on the Jets today. That's it. He's focused on the Jets today. Yeah. Yeah, really, you know. I, I mean. Know, we're, 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 that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna play the Jets today. <laughs> Monica, I don't know why you're asking me to, to impersonate Bill Belichick. I can't even move my mouth. I don't know why you're making me do this. I mean, here he is. Evan's an idiot. What? He knows what's going to happen. Well, Evan, listen, 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 <laughs> listen. Uh, 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 I'm not going to comment on that. We're just, I'm just on to Mike Guido, okay? I'm on to Guido. We're on, we're, I'm, on, I'm, on to, I'm on to Cincinnati. Oh, by the way, I'm on, on a fantasy note, so I'm in a league with my family. It's like me, my dad, my, my uncle's... Uh, uh, my aunts are in it. My grandma plays in it. Uh, my cousins are in it. It's a big family league. And my grandmother beat my dad in fantasy this week wow. by a hundred. Whoa! By a hundred. And it was over a hundred. So 100? it was so funny because let's say if you could bet on fantasy games, if my dad was getting plus a hundred against my grandmother, he still would have lost. <laughs> All right. Grandma's oh on. my God! Crazy. Yeah. But Bill Belichick, I don't know. I mean, he's gonna be in front of the mic a little bit more, so maybe he might want to 
practice his responses or somebody could coach him or well now the Antonio Brown thing is over he'll <clears throat> he's not gonna I don't think he's gonna do what you've seen it was all the Antonio he's Brown gonna, questions he's gonna but he's he's, gonna, he's 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 gonna be Bill Belichick he's gonna answer questions like Ron to this one but you know yeah we, we played good today like he's not gonna give you any anything specific yeah. he's not gonna give you anything you know yeah. groundbreaking he's we're, just gonna we're focused on Buffalo yeah and uh, we'll play the Bills he's just gonna so what is your strategy going into oh Bill, what do you think your strategy has to be going into this week against the Bills? We're focused on the Bills today. <laughs> no, no, he's going to be asked, what do you think? Hey, Bill, what do you think of the Bills' defense? What does the Bills' defense do? I think the Bills' defense, they're really good. The, the Bills, Bills' defense, defense uh, they're, they're fine. They're fine. That's I, just who he is. It's a good defense, and uh, we're going to prepare for it. Uh, you know, maybe he ought to take a, a, a Cowboys approach and get a piece of the pie. <laughs> well. I think, I think, I think that Bill, that Bill Belichick, great coach, but not enough pie. <laughs> Listen, Pat. God needs more. <laughs> Pat, Pat, listen, Thanos gets more pie. Thanos. Or we can do cake. But cake doesn't have a hard outer layer. Pie does. See, Thanos has the, infin- oh my God. Thanos has the infinity stones. But let me tell you, we got the six pie stones. We got the reality pie, now, the Dak, pie, Dak, the pie. Dak likes pie. pie. That's why I'm going to give him pie. Dak. 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 And we're gonna take the Dak. And we're gonna take the Dak pie, and we're gonna fuse it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna merge it with, merge with, with the pie from Zeke. And we're gonna and take Cooper the Zeke, pie. The, the Amari Cooper, Cooper pie, pie, and we're gonna push them together and, and make fuse. one big pie. One big Dak, one big Dak Uber Zeke pie. I love it. Never gets old. I love, I love fusion. Your- and then uh, Daniel Jones, do you think he's re-energized the Giants? I guess we can say a little bit re-energized. Like he's kind of, brought, again, bringing that new franchise quarterback in there, bringing the new life into the team, having the epic win the way they did. I guess in a way we can say re-energized. You know, how I much, guess. how much, how, how much, though, I guess just determines how the season, how the season goes. It's still going to be a long trying, especially losing Saquon Barkley for four to eight weeks. Like that's just a brutal blow for him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I noticed. I mean, more I mean like they're still not going to be good. I mean, there, yeah. there's definitely going to be some energy in the in the Giants locker room. There this, definitely will be. I think a, they feel more confident in Daniel Jones than they did with Eli. There's going to be some energy in the stadium. I'll say that. Yeah, this Sunday I, it's going to be packed. I think they're going right. to be fine. But Daniel Jones, he's going to get a new part of the pie from the Giants. Danny Dime. Danny Dimes. I'll tell you what right now. Danny Dimes. I'll tell you what right now. Everyone's hopping up Danny Jones. Danny Dimes. You're cute. That's funny. Now you you know what Danny Dimes is. Now you're not going to stop using it. It's very cute. It was like, (laughs) Danny Dimes. I'll tell you what right now. I learned something today, you know. It's It's very very funny. I'll tell you what, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones ain't going to get a piece of the pie when he sees Leighton Van Der Esch and Sean Lee and Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence. If you know what I'm saying, he's not going to be getting dimes to the pie. (laughs) 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 It's kind of like the Carmen (laughs) Lamb. Cowboy. (laughs) 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 And then remember. (laughs) 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 All right, and uh, rounding out the world's largest pancake. Oh! Yes, the food segment, finally! What took you so long? This is not at IHOP. Any idea the size of the world's largest pancake? This is not at IHOP, It is going to be the size of this room. All right. 
I don't know. Go ahead. It's interesting because it was in the Guinness Book of World Records, but they didn't say the weight of it because I'm thinking they had no way to really weigh it. Yeah, I don't how know. Can you weigh the thing? But they said it's uh, 49 feet and three inches in diameter and one inch deep. Where is it? Uh, Guinness Book of World Records. It came from the uh, UK. In 1994. Oh, okay. Greater Manchester. Yeah, and you look at the uh, how they flipped it. They had to have cranes, all kinds of stuff. Cranes? Did people actually eat it? Uh, you know what? That's what we were always talking about. You know, about. Like, like, we're always talking, do people that, actually eat this food? Isn't it kind of gross when a whole bunch of people are eating it? I could probably do it. I could eat, <laughs> I could eat it. I could eat it all. <laughs> That's one big piece of pie. <laughs> That's one big piece of pancake pie. Pancake pie, yeah. Now, pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> Are softer than pie. <laughs> look look yeah. at the size of this thing. It looks it's huge. Like, There's two look. cranes flipping it into its pancake stand, right? I mean, it's not Jeez. a thick pancake, but that's Jeez. okay. 49 feet and 3 inches dynamic, 2 foot. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's So that's what they're doing in the UK. Bloody hell, they're making giant pancakes. <laughs> they call it pancakes in the UK? They call them, uh... Flapjacks? Flapjacks, yeah. Flapjacks? Yeah. Why don't we call them that here? That's so much funner. It is funner. I like yeah. it. Fun. I'd, like to get a, I'd like to get a stack of four flapjacks, please. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's I mean, it kind of sounds like you're doing something naughty, but... Hashtag flapjacks. Flapjacks. <laughs> flapjacks. Oh, boy. Now get up and do... Give me 20 flapjacks. <laughs> get it? Ha. 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 Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, uh, seriously, I don't mean to put it on a negative note too, but they, we've got people starving in the streets, yeah. and we got nothing better to do but make a big gigantic pancake the size of an arena. And people, people are gathering to see it. So I would like to somebody for ch- take a big piece of that pancake and give it to a homeless guy and have food for a week. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Can you freeze flapjacks? Can you freeze flapjacks? I guess. Got so many f- questions about flapjacks. <laughs> now, like, if you buy Eggo waffles, right. from, uh, I'm sorry, not Eggo waffle, but Eggo like those, like those buttermilk frozen pancakes yeah. Yeah. At, uh, at like a supermarket in, then you're in just Great lazy. Britain. I mean, how hard well, like, is it to make a pancake? Well, my thing is, is that like, if you buy fro, I buy frozen pancakes. I am not lazy, you <laughs> listen. But listen, if you buy like a like frozen pancakes from a grocery store or something okay. like that in the UK. If they even have grocery stores yet, they might just—they might be too fancy for that. They might have—they have, they have like, markets. They have markets. Yeah. Um, but if you go to the market and you buy some pancakes, it's terrible. And you buy some pancakes. So on the box, does it say like Lego my Ego flapjacks? Is that what know. it says? If we have like anybody, big red letters, it says flapjacks. Anybody in the UK in a market right now? Send us a picture on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. If we've got any if UK listeners. Right. Yeah. Right. I know we don't talk any Premier League, but just in case. You never know. That's all I care about over there, though, too, is Premier League soccer. Yeah. Well, they call football. it football. Football. Yeah. And they're crazy for it. They are crazy for it. Yep. Soccer. Soccer. So. Great volley. <laughs> Passes to Kaka. <laughs> all right, that's the news. Big J journalist Monica Wright. Good stuff today. Absolutely good stuff today, Monica. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. 
Here we go with uh, what are the chances? Evan gives me a situation. I got to give the percentage chance that that thing happens. Evan, here we go. What are the chances the Saints, the Saints without Drew Brees last week, score? What was it thirty-three points? So they scored thirty-three points against Seattle. What are the chances they score thirty points at home against the Cowboys on Sunday night? Uh, twenty percent. I don't think they're going to score thirty. I think Dallas's defense is too good for that. Uh, but I do believe that the Saints are going to have a fine offense. I think they're going to be fine without Breeze for now. Um, so I do think they're going to be a good offense. I, I'm not going to give them 30 points against Dallas, though. I think it's too much of a matchup. Um, Dallas gets after the quarterback really well. Plus, they have great corners and great linebackers that get matches up well with Kamara. Uh, I'm going to say no on 30 points. So I'm going to say, yeah, like 20%. Hmm. This is interesting. This is interesting NBA news. Um, actually, the, uh, this is the, the, more on the Brooklyn Nets. At the end of the show, I'll, I'll point out. Uh, but the Brooklyn Nets, uh, apparently some of their players have uh, are kind of campaigning for Carmelo Anthony. They want Carmelo Anthony. They're kind of, they're kind of impressed with him. Uh, but the Brooklyn Nets are unlikely to go get Carmelo uh, to go get Carmelo Anthony. To, uh, uh, what the players, but the players uh, have a push to go get Carmelo Anthony. So, what are the chances that Carmelo Anthony signs the Brooklyn Nets? If by because the players, because of the players, push to sign him. I'm gonna put it at like five percent. I do think that it is very slightly possible, but I don't give it any real shot. Melo, I think, is done in the NBA. I think that Melo's best shot is to go play for Ice Cube, go play for uh, for Big Three. And then do what Joe Johnson did. You know, be out of the NBA for a couple of years and then sign another NBA contract if you dominate big three, and that's just going to be it. I'm going to put it at 5%. I know the players want him, but the organization done it. They've made it known that they don't want him. And like I said, I think Melo at this point is more of a liability than a, hel- than a helpful piece. I really do believe that. I mean, he doesn't score as well as he used to. He's missing a lot more shots he's passing the ball less i mean he's just mellow just isn't that good anymore he's a little washed and i feel bad for him because he can't get an nba job but most people are realizing listen we can't you know we can't keep you know supporting this guy because he's a liability so i'm gonna put it at like five percent i don't think it happens that's love so plus i don't think brooklyn needs him brooklyn has talent and they've got forwards they have forwards. Uh, Torian Prince, uh, um, uh, Rodion's Kuroks, uh, Zanon Musa. They, they have guys that can score in that play wing. Karis Levert, I mean, they don't need him. I, I, seriously, I don't know why they would want him. Let's go to that uh, Browns-Ravens game. We're going to do two. What are the chances for that game? Uh, first one's for the Cleveland Browns. Odell Beckham Jr. is going up against the Ravens' past defense. It's currently 27th in the NFL. Uh, they've been vulnerable against the pass so far. So what are the now? Odell Beckham, uh, Odell Beckham crushed the Ravens a few years ago when he was with the Giants. What are the chances Odell Beckham has a eight-catch, 130-yard performance and two-touchdown game against against the Ravens? Oh, that's that's far-reaching. I'm gonna give it at like 30 because I think it could happen. Like Odell could have a really nice day against Baltimore, but it is in Baltimore. Uh, I'm not in love with Baker Mayfield so far this year, and I just. I don't know. It's a lot to ask. Eight for 130 and two touchdowns. That's really high reaching. So you, want I'm gonna, you want me to go down to a touchdown then? Still, I think that's high reaching. Okay. 
I think I like it probably raises it from 30 to 40, but I'll stick with this one and I'll say 30% for Odell. Okay. On the Ravens side of things, last time these two teams met, the Ravens rushed for 296 yards. This is week 17 in Baltimore. They went they went 26-24 last year. They rushed for 296 rushing yards against the against this Browns defense last time they met. So this time they will rush. What are the chances the Ravens rush over 250 yards for 250 yards again? Uh, I'm going to go 50-50 on this. I really am going to go 50-50 on this. I think it's very possible. The Ravens are really good at running the football. And I think the Browns, they're a good run defense. But the Ravens have this thing against the Browns where they can move the ball incredibly well on them. I, I actually like the Ravens. Uh chances of doing this. I'm going to put it at 50-50 because it's a lot, but I like it. I, I'm going to put it at 50-50. The Ravens have a huge rushing day. Huge. Let's go to Major League Baseball. Uh, looks like the Chicago Cubs season is most likely over. It looks like it will be Brewers Nationals. It's a shame. It is a shame. What are the chances and the bad loss for the Mets yesterday pretty much ended their season. Not officially, but pretty much ended it. What are the chances the Chicago Cubs let go of Joe Mann at the end of the year? We've already seen Andy Green fired. We've already Ned Yo stepping out in retirement. What are the chances the Chicago Cubs move on from Joe Mann at the end of the year? I'm going to say 40%. 40 40%. 40%. Because I think, I think I'd probably bank on them keeping Joe Madden, but I do think it's possible that they move on. I, I, I do not think it is totally out of the realm of possibility that they move on. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say like 40%, uh, like, yeah, like 40% that they let go of Joe Madden. I get, I've had this thing with Joe Madden. I think he overmanages sometimes. I do. I think he makes substitutions when he doesn't have to. I mean, there was a playoff game, uh, last year or two years ago where he ran out of players by the sixth inning. I'm like, you cannot do that. You have to have at least some trust in your guys. I think Joe Madden overmanages sometimes. I think he's a good manager. Um, but I do think he does make that mistake. And the Cubs have been a little bit underwhelming the past couple of years. So I want to, maybe they'll make a change. I don't think they will, but I do think it's possible. Let's go to the Mets. What are the chances Mickey Calloway, what are the chances the Mets fire Mickey Calloway at the end of the year? Or does Mickey Calloway get another shot after the second half resurgence the team had? I'm going to say like 80% he gets fired. I, I, I don't think that Brody, Brody inherited Mickey Calloway. Uh, I think he had questions about him uh, earlier on in the year. I think he maybe would have fired him during the All-Star break, but he didn't. Um, so I do think that their late season resurgence gave him a chance to save his job. But after they get eliminated from the playoffs, I think you're going to see a big drastic change. I think they're going to fire him. They're going to try and find a new manager. Uh, you're going to see a lot of changes in the Mets organizations this year. Uh, I have a feeling that Brody's going to want to make some changes, so I'm going to put it at like 80% that Mickey Callaway gets fired. So let's go to Thursday night's Packers-Eagles game. The Green Bay Packers currently on offense have the... Oh, Monica, who are you picking in this game? Because oh. i got to copy you. Uh, <laughs> tell me who again? Packers-Eagles, Thursday night football. Oof. It's a tough one. It's in Green Bay. I'm going Packers. Yeah, I'm probably going Packers, yeah. too. Yeah, I'm going to send you my picks. Tomorrow. Monica will send you your uh, send you her picks tomorrow, so we can make them tomorrow, and yeah. oh yeah, we can we can announce what her picks are. And because you won't be here, you'll be in Cooperstown. I will be in Cooperstown on, on Thursday. Hiatus. There you go. Hiatus. I I need this vacation so bad. Yeah. Oh my god, I need to get away from here. 
I thought he was I, gonna... fe I feel it closed. I thought he was gonna say get away. I, from I'm me. trapped. Hey, I thought he was gonna say get away from me. So, wouldn't it be funny if you drove up there? <laughs> <laughs> There yeah. I am. Hey. Somebody knocks on the hotel door and it's Evan. And it's just, hey, hey. hey, Mike, what's up? Want to go to the Hall of Fame? Want to go, go to the Hall like, Evan, go away. Hey, man. Hey, hey man. You want some food? Hey, man. You want to go to Cooperstown? All right. So I'd like to. We, Evan, you and I should do something like that, though. Like, may, like, maybe not to the Hall of Fame, but we should go to, like, a game or something like that together. Really we really should. Hey, I'm down for a Yankee playoff game if you want to go. We'll go to a Subway Series game next year. Sounds good to me. Sounds all right. good to me. Um, all right. What's next? Packers-Eagles this Thursday night. Uh, currently, the Green Bay Packers have the 27th-ranked passing attack on offense, but the Philadelphia Eagles are 29th in the NFL against the pass on defense. Yeah. So, we, so two struggling passing offenses and a passing defense going at each other. What are the chances Aaron Rodgers throws, snaps, uh, has a breakout game this season and throws for over 300 yards and three touchdowns against this Eagles pass defense that's struggling. 75%. I think it's very possible. Uh, look, I don't love Green Bay's receivers, but I like them a lot more than the Eagles pass defense. I really do. Their secondary is really not good. Uh, I don't even really love their linebackers. I think they're, like, that back end of their defense really troubles me. So I do like the Packers to go off. I like Aaron Rodgers to have a really nice game. Um... Plus, I think week by week, we're going to start seeing Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur really start to figure it out. Uh, and against the Eagles' pass defense, I give that a good chance at happening. It's, very, it's pretty shocking at this point. Granted, it has been against three decent defenses, Chicago, Minnesota, Denver. Aaron Rodgers has not passed over 250 yards this year. Yeah. Not until this point. 203, 209, 235. Not, he has not even passed 250 yet. Which is, you know, strange for Aaron Rodgers. He's got, that normally doesn't happen the first three weeks of the season. All right. But that's one uh, of the chances here on a Tuesday. We do it every Tuesday. It's always fun. What are the chances? Boy, oh, boy. We've had a great show today. Really great show today. I was really excited. Um, Monica Ray, our Big J journalist. Uh, I will see you next week. I'm not going to yeah. see you for the rest of the week. You're going to miss you guys. Oh, yeah. that's cute. Thank you. Uh, seriously, I am expecting more brownie cookies. Though. All right. Okay. See what I can I, do. So, so you know, like to stay. kind of get on that. All right. All right. <laughs> I, want a brownie, I want a brownie cookie. Yeah, Monica. <laughs> I want a brownie cookie, Eric. <laughs> Eric, I want a brownie cookie. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Evan Mazza, so, my producer. I'm Mike Guido. This is the Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.